Hey friends, and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. We're so grateful that you would listen in and, and we thank you for your interest in, in listening to our teaching there. This week we are continuing our study of Revelation and we are deep into the weirdness of Revelation. And so uh, these chapters are the ones that, that for a lot of us, that's why we've, we've kind of gone away from Revelation. We don't know what to do with it. And so I hope what we can do today is to try and bring about some ideas about maybe why John sees what he sees and uh, and hopefully give you uh, something to kind of think about as you go through this. And uh, what I try to do is really to help us to keep the big picture in view throughout this. Because if we focus too narrowly, we get in the crazy. All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon. Morning. As we work through this book of Revelation, uh, this is one of those lessons and, and scripture readings where I'd really like cameras facing you guys so I could watch back and see the, the change in facial expression. Um, uh, and, and so we'll say more about that after you know exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, the scripture reading this morning is from Revelation chapters 8 and 9. When he opened the seventh seal, there was a silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down on the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star blazing like a torch fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. As I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to be sounded by the other three angels. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet. And I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke arose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sound and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke, locusts came down on the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not allowed to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes. During those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. 
The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. Ladies, don't. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails with stingers like scorpions, and in their tails they had power to torment people for five months. They had a king over them, the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek is Apollyon, that is destroyer. The first woe is past. Two other woes are yet to come. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet. And I heard a voice coming from the four horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000, I heard their number. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails were like snakes having heads with which they inflict injury. That is, hmm. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot see, hear, or walk, nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. This is my boy's favorite bedtime story. <laughs> We talk about every night. <laughs> Isn't this interesting? We have a, a great group of uh, song leaders here, and each week they'll ask me, you know, what I'm going to preach on so they can try and match up some songs. And when Tyler asked me this week, you know, where, where I was and what I was going to do, I said, man, I don't know if we have any songs that talk about scorpion stings. <laughs> Maybe one of you can, can write that up, and Brooke can put music to it or something like that, but we just don't have a song like, that fits much of this. And so when we read this, certainly the, the mind gets going, doesn't it? You're like, what in the world do I do with this? Last week, I, after I read my scripture reading, I kind of joked, now we're just going to have an invitation song, and you know, y'all can chew on that. Uh, and, and we could certainly do that this week. But what I want to encourage you to do as we, as we look at something like this in, in Revelation, A, you know Revelation is different, don't you? Okay, we all know that, and that's why you've avoided it, right? It's a little different, it's weird, and so we understand that. Uh, but B, we've been talking on Wednesday nights about how to study the Bible. And one thing we can really do while we're studying is we can be so drawn in so close that we forget the big picture. Okay, so what we could do is just focus on eight and nine and forget like the bigger picture of what's going on. Now, I really needed to read eight through 11 this morning, but I didn't want to read to you for 30 minutes, okay? So that's the bigger, we'll cover that next week. Uh, but that's kind of the bigger picture. But remember, uh, right after we talked about the churches in chapter 3, John is presented with this vision around the throne room of God. And for me, except for the creatures who have eyes on all their wings and under their wings and all that, kind of freaky, but the rest of it is pretty stereotypical 
what I think about heaven type of thing, right? All of us gathered around the throne room singing, holy, 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 be unto your name, you know, as we sang this morning. Uh, but, but then all of a sudden, we, we change from that, which is very, I think, comfortable for us, very ordered, structured. We have uh, all creation singing God's praise, including men and even things that are animals. And so all creation is there. And all of a sudden, you kind of make a hard left turn to get this, don't you? But do you remember, again, as we, as we think about the bigger picture, do you remember the martyrs that were present, it says, at the altar of God. Do you remember that? Just a couple of chapters ago. And it says the people who had died for their faith are uh, right there up next to God on this altar, and they had a question for God. Doesn't make us real comfortable, but they asked God, when, Lord, are you going to avenge our blood? Now, that doesn't make me real comfortable, because you think of, okay, somebody has that much faith and they love Jesus, why are they out for blood type of thing? But I also know me, and if one of you guys kill me for my faith, I'm gonna be pretty bitter about it, I'm just gonna say. Okay, so what I think is happening here in this scene is God actually shows John, what if I did what they want? What if I released all this wrath up on the world, what would happen? Well, what happened? That's what he's showing you. And, and so God releases all these, you know, you see the sounding of the trumpet and all these things happen. All these things turn dark. The moon and the sky, uh, the stars turn dark. You have the death of a third of the people. The water turns bitter. You even have this, this term, you know, the star was called Wormwood. That's actually uh, kind of a throwback to Jeremiah. I believe it's chapter 35 that talks about people who follow idols will, will have to eat of this Wormwood, which is very bitter. And he said in that same, uh, uh, same scripture there uh, that all the springs and the water will turn bitter. And so what John is experiencing there is if God's wrath was poured out on the earth, what would be the response of all the people? Did you catch the part where when God poured out all the wrath and people experienced the loss and the devastation, that there was a, a moment there where they all said, yes, I'm coming back to Jesus. That's not what you saw, was it? Because people had the opposite reaction. You caught that there at the end? That you have all of these demonic like forces going on around them. Now, I don't know what you do with locusts that are prepared for battle. I'm just going to say. I mean, you saw the, you heard the description, breastplates. I mean, they, they've got, the, they're ready. I don't know what you do with that, okay? But what, what you see there is the people kind of worship power. And instead of running to God in their hard times, they think, Man, these things right here tearing up everything, they must have the power. And so it says they still worship idols and the demons. And so what happens there is what we might think wouldn't happen, that people would turn to God at a time of crisis, but they turn away. And the frustrating thing for us is that we have a choice. People always have a choice. God did not create us as people who have to choose him. You remember when I first began this series, we talked about Dr. Randy Harris, who said, you can sum up Revelation with this. There is a battle. 
God wins, pick a side, and number four, y'all know that's why all the warning labels are everywhere. Don't be stupid. There's a battle. God wins. Pick a side. You get to choose. Don't be stupid. Okay? And so that's what we see here is people have decided not to go back to God, but even with all this wrath poured out, that they will choose to serve this demonic power or idols of any kind of material. They had a choice to make, and they made the wrong one. And so what you get in the, the next two chapters is kind of an alternate version of this. And so I, I don't want you to see this as a separate part, uh, but as a, a bigger picture, and we'll cover that next week. But how many of you have, have been through, you're, you're already past your getting out of uh, mom and dad's home, and you've already had to go through the time in your life where I've had to make that decision, am I going to follow Jesus? Am I going to make the, the faith that I was taught, uh, the teachings of Jesus, am I going to make that a part of my faith, or was that just mom and daddy's thing? Because we've all been there, Right? We, uh, uh, when I went to, I think I've shared this before, when I went to Fayetteville, uh, it's the University of Arkansas, Jordan asked me one time, he said, why do you always say Fayetteville? Uh, I'm just out here spreading the good news about the Razorbacks. Um, which, by the way, the people that, that came over yesterday for my little, little party, I made them eat a cookie cake that had a big Razorback on it. It was wonderful. My, my one time to kind of jab all of you guys. during the year. But anyway, so when I moved to Fayetteville, it was kind of that time for me. You know, all of a sudden, I'm four hours away from mom and dad. And when I tell you I went to church every time the doors were open, that is true. You know, we were a family that there was not a question. I don't remember anybody ever asking the question, are we going to church tonight or to this morning? That was just, we were going. You know, that was a, it was part of the culture. It was, it was not a question, okay? And, and so anytime we had anything going on, I don't care. I was there. We can have a gospel meeting during the middle of the week, and I might be a little late for my baseball game, but I would come in with my uniform. Mom would have a beach towel, and I'd have red dirt all over it. And so growing up, that's what I knew to be church and community in that way, following Jesus. And so when I went to Fayetteville, well, guess what? All of a sudden, that, that big red Suburban that Mom had wasn't carrying me to church. And so I had decisions to make, and I started off my freshman year really well uh, and then kind of fell off. I didn't party, uh, but I love playing video games, watching movies, and so I'd stay up all night, you know, sleep in. That's also the same time where I learned that the mother's intuition is very real uh, because before, you know, all the locator apps that we have now, I had a bag phone. Anybody else have a bag phone in here and know what this is? I have to teach some of you younger kids what that is. You, know, you were kind of, you still felt a little stationary with those things. Uh, but every time I would do that, mom would call me and ask, you know, hey, did you go to church today? I'm like, you know good and well I didn't because you've done this every time I hadn't gone. <laughs> Fly on the wall, got video surveillance everywhere. I don't know. But it was in that part of my life where, you, again, you have to decide, am I going to follow God or am I not? Because stuff is going to happen in life, both good and bad, is it not? And some of those things, some of the good things might draw you to God. Some of those bad things might. But you can also choose another way because we all have, uh, I think, a gift of choice. But it's also freedom to make a very, very poor decision in this moment. 
And that's what I think John is, what is revealed to John in this moment, that all of these scary things, all of this calamity, all the things can be burned up in front of you. And even though you wanted that, you wanted that revenge on those people who, who killed you or, you know, the way that they have turned to idols, but they still, even that doesn't wake them up. And we walk through life understanding it not only of ourselves and our decisions, but also of other people, that some people just won't choose to follow Jesus. Yesterday, uh, several of you uh, went out to, to Walmart to hand out gift cards. And I know if you're an introvert, that, that is fear-inducing, right? Walk up to a stranger and say, hey, even though you're giving something, uh, I, I only understood that there was like one awkward encounter. Uh, you know, some people are like, hey, what are, you, what are you selling me? And I would be the same way. Like somebody approaches me at Walmart, I'm, I'm probably going, what is, what's happening here? Uh, but Terry, Terry was telling me a story that he, uh, he came up to a, a, a man and he had like four kids or something like that. And so Terry walked up to him and he said, you need a gift card per kid. You, you're going to need it. You know, it may be hard to identify some of these people, but the man with four kids probably needs it, right? And uh, that guy did not want anything to do with whatever Terry was giving, even though Terry was giving a free gift that would help him. And I have to think that is exactly the way God looks at us, and he's trying to lavish this, this free gift, this blessing on us, and a lot of times we say, no thanks. I'll follow this other stuff. We may not say that out loud, but the way we live our lives is saying exactly that. No thank you, I'll follow this. And that's what John sees here, is that again, even in the midst of all of this, people choose not to follow God. And so the question for us this morning is, are you following God or are you following something else? What is it going to take to get your attention to come back to him if you don't have that right relationship? Because again, there's a battle. God wins. Pick a side because you have that option. And we pray, don't be stupid. We have ups and downs without, throughout our Christian walk. Do we not, church? I do. Ups and downs. Some days far better than others. Some days I'm ashamed of. Some days I'm, I feel like I'm walking real close to him. It's not the ups and downs as we've talked in the last year that just, walk, just make us move away, but it's that choice over and over to kind of uh, distance ourselves from God. And so I pray each and every week that as we come into this place and we encounter God through his word, that, that we are people with an open heart ready to make that relationship right with him that maybe right now you're not on the upside, you're on the downside of that roller coaster, and maybe it's been a tough week. Come back to him. Maybe you're the other way. Maybe you had a great week. Stay close to him. Don't, don't, don't let something in your life happen that, that kind of pushes you away again because you have that choice. Continue to walk with him, and God will do some amazing things right here, not because of us, because of his power and what he can do through each and every one of us. And I believe that. I know sitting in the seat sometimes we feel inadequate. Our world is about comparison. Y'all know that? I mean, we even have filters to help the comparison, right? Like, I'm a little behind, so I need a filter to help me be on that level, right? And so sometimes we, we sit here and we think, man, I couldn't do that. I wish I could do X, Y, Z. I could never. Won't you rely on God to get that done for you? Won't you think about the power God has 
to work through you to accomplish so many things. And again, I think we'll be just shocked and in awe, maybe just as shocked as our reading this morning, to see what God can do for the positive right here in our community. That's my prayer. If your relationship is not right with him, we'd love to pray with you right now. We're gonna, Tyler's gonna sing a song of invitation. But again, you don't have to come talk to me. I'd love, I'd love for you to. At least grab a friend, someone who will hold you accountable and, and be there, right, walking side by side with you uh, as you go.